I'm gonna bring up my amazing wife, Pastor SB. It's bringing the word today. You guys better get ready. It's gonna be powerful. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I'm still a little messed up from worship, if I'm being honest, in the best way possible. Praise Jesus. All right, you guys, I'm so excited to be sharing what I feel like the Lord's given me for you guys today. I know most of you in the room, but for those of you that don't know me, my name is Sarah Beth. Um, I am Pastor Andrew's wife. Uh, we have one really sweet three-year-old boy, and we have another on the way, so hence the, the bench. I'm going to do my best to turn to make sure I see everybody throughout, throughout the message, but gosh, today I... Um, I really feel like it was funny because we're in the Christmas season. We're getting ready for Christmas time, and it's supposed to be this really sweet, joyful, playful, fun season. And Andrew was like, so are you going to preach on something jolly for Christmas, something like Advent? And I was like, you know, I think the Holy Spirit is telling me to speak on pain. And, um, yeah, I feel like my heart has been really sensitive and burning for people in this season that maybe Christmas isn't as light and as joyful and as easy as it is for um, what social media and what a lot of the world makes it look like. And I've just been thinking about that. I think when Christmas comes, it's like we think that grieving stops and we think that hard things stop, um, but really this is actually a season to continue pressing into that even more as we think about this is when the Messiah was born. There's a Messiah and there's hope for our pain. So today, uh, more than anything, my goal uh, would be to actually get you connected to your hearts today, um, to get you connected to your heart and to your emotion today. Um, if emotion scares you, I would encourage you to buckle up. I'm just kidding. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Um, yeah, today I'm very passionate about heart health. I'm very passionate about being in tune with what's going on in here. I mean, the very place that we invite Jesus to come in and live is typically the place that we least tend to and nurture. And so today I just want to give you permission that if maybe it's been a little while since you felt uh, what's really going on internally, I want to give you permission today. Uh, to maybe process some things that haven't been processed and to do that with the Lord and to invite him into that. So this, this sermon for me is coming from a personal place. Uh, I don't preach on things that I don't live. And so I knew preaching this message, I'm like, oh, there's accountability in this. And I know that when I preach this, I'm held accountable for this. And so this is coming for me out of a season of... Uh, feel like this this past summer is really what this sermon is coming out of for me um preface for young women in the room that have not had a baby that are going to have a baby this is not necessarily how it feels for everybody but in my pregnancies I typically get really 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 sick and at the beginning part and so this is really coming from that place for me and I feel like yeah this past summer it was a level of sickness where I felt like I couldn't function. I felt like I couldn't even be human. And I had this moment with the Lord where I came to church and I had this, can we be raw for a moment? Can we be vulnerable for a moment? I had this moment where 
I was really miserable. I was really, really miserable. And I was feeling, I was feeling really sad and I was grieving because I had prayed and believed for a supernatural healthy pregnancy this time around and that my first trimester I wouldn't be sick, that it would be beautiful and easy and it wasn't, it wasn't. I was literally miserable and I was struggling. I was really struggling. I was like, God, I don't know when this is gonna end. I don't know, I can't eat, I can't take care of my son, I can't take care of my husband. And there was a Sunday morning where I was thinking about this and I was looking around the room and I knew I needed to have a moment where I just, I needed to cry is what I needed to do. And this thought comes in, goes, you're a leader. Put your leader face on. This is not the time. You're a leader, pull it together. And I felt like that, that shame, that shame shuts us down over, over, and over, and over again from actually processing what's really going on. And I had this moment where the Holy Spirit whispered to me, and he said, you know, Sarah Beth, my favorite kind of leader is a, a leader that's willing to look weak, and that's willing to be weak. Because when you're weak, I actually get to be made strong in you. And so today, if, if you just need that permission to, I need that permission from the Holy Spirit. I'm reminding myself of that today, that you're, you're okay to be weak if you need to be weak, because in those moments is actually when God gets to be made manifest, his power gets to be made manifest through us. So yeah, this is kind of where I'm going today, is I'm going to be talking a little bit about pain, a little bit about trauma, a little bit about discouragement, um, but I don't want to just talk about how to steward your emotions, because that, that's not really going to help you. I want to talk about stewarding your emotions with Jesus. You know, I always talk about the emotional, anybody, any emotional feelers in the room? Okay, we got we to gotta stick together, y'all. We have to stick together. Like, Andrew might need to bring me some tissues in a bit. We'll see. Um, in, when talking about emotions, I always say that there's shovers and then there's dumpers. And so you either shove, 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 shove because you're afraid to feel what's actually going on in your heart. And then eventually you burst and it all comes out. Or you're a dumper where you feel everything and you have no idea how to process it. So you just dump all the time. Dump, 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 dump. And I think those are two extremes. And today I want to help us find the middle. How do we find the middle where we actually bring Jesus into our emotions and what we're processing and what we're really feeling and what's actually going on? And to not shove it, but to also not dump it <laughs> on everybody around you. How to actually healthily process um, pain and real things going on. So in our brains, this is actually really cool. We learned this from our phenomenal marriage counselors, uh, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill. They run something called connection codes, which um, if you're married, if you're going to be married, get connection codes. It will change your lives. Anybody that's uh, done marriage counseling with us, we're like, this is the first thing you have to do because it's so, so wonderful. So they taught us this, that in our brains, this is actually how we were created, the same thing that fires off when you're feeling emotional pain is the same thing that fires off when you're feeling physical pain. So in a moment that you break your arm and in a moment that you experience heartbreak, the exact same thing goes off in our brains. There's no difference. Our bodies cannot perceive the difference between physical and emotional pain. And so I, yeah, just like if you say you break your arm, What's the first thing you do? You're immediately going to run to a specialist. You're going to run to a doctor. You're going to get it checked out. You're going to get the medicine that you need. You're going to take the time to get the healing and the physical therapy that you need. So why, when we actually feel 
hurt or betrayed or when we're grieving, um, do we not do the same? That's kind of what I want to talk about today is why do we take care of a broken arm, but we don't take care of broken minds. And when we have a broken thought pattern, we just leave it. Like it's going to get fixed on its own, but let me tell you that it won't. Uh, it, it will not resolve on its own, and it won't go away on its own. Um, just like when you break your arm, if you don't take care of it, over time you're going to have a not functioning, uh, yeah, a dysfunctional arm that's not, that's not going to be able to do anything for you. So same with our hearts, when we don't actually process what's really happening, and we don't actually invite Jesus in to what's really going on, you're going to grow cold, and your heart is going to become dysfunctional, and it's not going to work anymore. And so... That's kind of, yeah, where we're going. I'm excited to dive into this more. We, we really, you guys, have to figure out how to let God into our pain. We really have to figure out how to bring him in in moments of, and this is not, uh, I realize when I'm talking about this, it probably sounds like the really big moments of losing a friend, of being deeply betrayed, but I'm also talking about the moments of, hey, when I was in that conversation the other day, that person said something that actually really hurt, that actually really hurt me. Um, there is no level of pain that is valid to feel, and then the rest is invalid, and we just need to dismiss it. Pain is pain. It's just pain, and we have to, we have to submit that to the Lord. Um, when we feel pain, the typical response is to shut down and to isolate from God. Um, this is something that we see from the very beginning of time. This is not something that I'm coming up with. This isn't something that I'm talking about. We see the very first initial effect of the fall, if we look back in the garden with Adam and Eve, is that in their shame, in the moment that they, that they felt shame, they felt condemnation that the Lord didn't put on them, they immediately, immediately disconnected from God. And he never did that to them. He, he was even looking at them saying, who told you that you guys are naked? Who told you guys? I, I didn't. And that this is, this is from the beginning of time what has happened when we don't process what's really going on. When shame comes in, we disconnect. We disconnect. And so I want to encourage you today that when, when you're feeling that, to not lose heart, to not disconnect. And we see this all throughout scripture. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4.16. I'm reading out of NIV. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet internally we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. When I'm reading this, all I keep thinking about is outward circumstances and how, yes, we need to acknowledge what's going on in our outward circumstance. But if anything today that I can give you, if I can get you to not... If I could help you understand that this cannot determine, your outward circumstances cannot determine where your heart is. It cannot determine where we're at internally because if we're swayed by every hard thing that hits us and our, our hearts immediately become disconnected from God, we'll never be able to actually be in tune with him. And we'll never actually be able to perfectly be in connection with him. And so I want us to help, I want to help us understand that if we are focused on what is actually going on internally and in our heart, whatever is going on out here is not going to affect you. 
and it can't hurt you. And because who knows, you can, we, we heard Pastor Job's testimony last week, if you were here, it was amazing. He had cancer for three years, and it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal for him. But the Lord actually wanted to heal him internally more than he wanted to heal his cancer. And he did. He radically freed him. But in that season, there was something that he wanted to do inside of Job that he wanted to address more than healing the outside, the outside and the outward. And, and so who knows that you can have cancer um, on the outside and internally you could be filled with the joy of the Lord. Yeah. You can legitimately be in pain and internally filled with the joy of Christ. Um, and, and on the opposite end, you can be somebody who has nothing externally really going on. You're perfectly healthy, but internally you're cold. And why is that? It's because this cannot determine what's going on in our heart. It just can't. Um, so how does losing heart happen? This is all throughout scripture. This is something that Jesus knows is so important. It's it's so such an important place to tend to and to nurture. And I think losing heart happens when we disconnect from God in the midst of deep pain. Yeah. And so whether that's once when you're young, you disconnect from it and you hide it because you don't know how to process it. Um, whether it's an everyday thing where things come up that um, you don't know how to process and thing after thing after thing, your heart begins to grow cold and it begins to grow um, tired. And so this is why, this is why I want to talk about this today. Today I want to give us some perspective on what pain could actually look like in our lives when it's actually in a place of I'm inviting Jesus into this as it happens. Um, pain, you guys, is it is a open door for more intimacy with God. And if we could shift our minds to that, if we could shift our perspective a little bit today of pain doesn't have to be something that we have to suck it up and just get through in this life, pain actually gets to be an open door for us to experience God's power made manifest through us in ways that we will never be able to experience again. Bill Johnson, he says this quote that I love so much. He says, earth is the only place you can connect with God in the midst of your pain. In eternity, you guys will never be able to experience God's breakthrough in your mourning, in your suffering. That's only here on earth that we get to experience that. That's only here. I love that verse so much. Um, oh, in Acts, let's jump to Acts 16, 25 to 26. This is kind of coming from this place, but uh, Paul, Paul and Silas, just some context here, um, have literally just been they took a severe beating right before this verse. That's what it says. And they've been thrown in the worst part of this prison. And it actually says that they wanted to make sure that they couldn't escape. So their feet were literally bound. I mean, these men were as chained up as you could possibly be in a terrible part of the prison. And that's where this verse is coming from. So around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. This is so good. I was reading this and it's so easy to read that and just be like, oh, that's a cool story. That's a really cool story. But then I actually thought about it and I'm like, man, I barely know how to praise God just when a friend hurts me much less when I'm in the midst of chains and I've literally just taken a severe beating. And here these men are singing praises to God, singing praises. And you have to picture the context too. They're probably bloody and cut up 
covered in bruises, in pain, but somehow they're singing praise. How? How the heck did they do that? How is he... How is he praising him in the midst of that level of pain? And I think it's because he didn't lose heart. He never lost heart. Uh, He was too afraid to disconnect in his heart from God and let what was going on outside to affect his connection to him. He was too afraid to lose that. He was too afraid. And I think he, he caught on to the reality that if I disconnect from God right now, if I disconnect from God this would be a much different situation. This would be a much different situation, yet somehow he was able to still cling to the Father's heart. We, we cannot control what is going on in our outward worlds, but we can control the posture of our heart when things come at us and when things hit us. For a really long time, this is just, this is just part of my, my testimony. I actually haven't shared... Gosh, I haven't shared my story publicly, a breakthrough, maybe five years, six years. Um, but pain, pain hits home for me. This message hits home for me because I ran from dealing with my pain for such a long time. I ran from dealing with my trauma for such a long time because I knew that, I knew that if I was actually going to deal with it, I'd actually have to slow down long enough to feel it, uh, to let God into it. I'd actually have to feel it. Um, and so for me, for years of my life, I ran from that. I ran from actually letting God come in and heal me in the places that he wanted to because I had learned at a young age that because my environment didn't feel safe, I learned that I had to control things to feel safe. That's what I picked up as a, as a young girl. And that, that mentality doesn't work in Christianity. Um, you controlling your circumstances, it doesn't work in Christianity. Um, If we don't give him full reign, we'll never actually be free. And I had to learn that the hard way. And and Jesus was so kind to be so patient with me. He was so patient with me. And I remember this night, um, I was really stuck in a lot of addiction. Um, For those of you that don't know, a big part of my story was I was actually a drug addict for a really long time. For about six years, I was addicted to all types of stuff, and I was so broken internally. My internal world was so shattered. I had no idea who I was. Um, I had no, no real relationship with the Father. I actually didn't really know what the Father was like, and I think that was a big issue for me with not getting free. I didn't actually know and believe that he was kind, um, and I didn't actually know that he wasn't condemning me or shaming me. He actually just wanted me to come close, and he just wanted me to be free. You know, when God asks you for things, it's actually not for him, it's for you. When he's asking you to give things up and to sacrifice and what it looks like to do for him is actually for you. He doesn't need you to do those things. He just knows it's going to get you free. And so for me, for me, this came to a moment uh, in my bedroom at at Maranatha, that was the house that uh, Breakthrough actually started as a house church in about seven, eight years ago. Um, it's a really cool story. You should ask us about it sometime if you don't know it. But I was in my room alone with the Lord, and um, a lot of people, even at, I was just attending Breakthrough at this time, long before I was, me and Pastor Andrew were even dating. Uh, nobody really knew the struggle that was going on. Nobody even knew that I was an addict, actually. I didn't, nobody knew. And I wasn't honest about it. Um, And I had this moment where I was on my face and I began to weep 
and I said, Lord, am I ever actually going to be free? I'm so hurt, and am I ever actually going to be free? And I had this moment where I just wept, and I wept, and I wept, and I heard the kindness of the Lord say, um, he, he came in so gently, and, but powerfully at the same time, into my bedroom, and I felt him lay his hand on me, and he said, if you want free, it's time to let go of control. Are you willing? Are you willing to let go of control? And for me, that moment, I gave him, I gave him control. I gave him everything he wanted. I said, you can have whatever you want. And I felt addiction actually break off of my body in that moment. I felt addiction. I felt lies break off of my mind in that moment. I looked in the mirror the next morning, and I didn't recognize myself. It was like 10 years of identity and history with God fell on me in one night. That was, my, that was my story. That was what my testimony came from. And it's crazy that just one moment, one moment of actually letting God into what really hurt is what freed me. I didn't even ask for him to free me. I didn't even ask for him to take addiction off of me. He just did it because I let him in finally. I finally got close enough to feel, to feel his fire that will just burn up all sin, all shame all lies, and I have never been the same since. Um, we joke that now I'm, I'm like a mom that makes sourdough. I'm like, only Jesus can do that. If you knew who I was uh, 10 years ago, my goodness, Jesus, when he says that he's a freer and a healer, he really is. He really is. Praise God. Um, all right. So how do we lean into our pain with Jesus instead of running from it? One thing that I wanted to say is I think a big, a big piece that's robbing us from our freedom and our breakthrough, specifically in the places of pain, is distraction. Yes. I think we've become professionals in this generation at distracting ourselves. Um, and so I just wanted to encourage you that if you're looking for freedom in your life, if you're looking for some breakthrough, please turn off your phones, <laughs> turn off the TV, turn off social media, and get quiet. Get quiet. I think we, we forget that we're actually a temple. We're actually a temple. And our temple isn't supposed to be a chaotic mess. A temple is a place of peace. It's a place of shalom. It's a place of rest. And if our temple, our internal world, is chaos, is utter chaos, how are we ever supposed to actually let God into that and to let him move in that? And so I would encourage you to turn off the distractions to turn off the distractions and to get get okay with being in the quiet with God. Oh, man, he can do so much when we give him that space. Um, in a practical way, too, to connect with your pain that I want to touch on, uh, to connect with your with the Lord in the midst of your pain. Uh, when you don't know what to do, it kind of sounds like a basic question quote that's come up, but it's to worship. Uh, if this ever becomes cliché, that's just the worst thing ever because it's truly the best thing that you can ever possibly do. When you're in the midst of, of pain or mourning or grief and you don't know what to do, the best thing that you can do is to worship. Uh, because what worship actually does, it's a bridge back to connection with God. It actually forces you to take your eyes off of yourself and what's going on and it puts it on the Lord. And so when we're looking at ourselves and we're looking at, say you have a, a lie trying to break and you're like oh I just I have this 
I have this shame and I don't know how to get rid of it. I don't know how to get free of it. The more you look at that, when we look inside of ourselves, we're actually never going to get free. Did you know the only way that you can actually get free is by looking at Jesus and looking at the Messiah? There's no uh, behavioral correction or any of that gross stuff that we can ever do that will free us. He's the only way, and he's the only one. Uh, So when we take our eyes off of what's going on and the lie and we stop actually giving Satan the attention that he wants and we put our eyes on him, that's actually the place that we get free. Um, And so... Uh, Manny Arango says this amazing quote that I love. It says, worship is not your escape. It's God's entrance. Worship, do not worship in a way that's just distracting yourself. Worship in a way that you're actually connecting with him. It's not an escape. It's God's entrance. And so this is one of my favorite things, too, that Larissa Miller actually preaches on from Upper Room. But she, they talk a lot about Thanksgiving. And they talk a lot about the power of Thanksgiving and thanksgiving in a place of worship. And she says this thing that when we actually start, that's why with, with our prayer rooms, if it doesn't start with thanksgiving, if worship doesn't start with thanksgiving, you'll usually hear from me, from here, Andrew, because <laughs> this is so important. This is so important to us. When you, when you sing praise, when you say thank you to Jesus, and you th- remember what he's done for you, it actually opens up your heart to then be able to receive from him. But if we... I, I think about this a lot. A lot of people that are stuck in a lot of sin and a lot of um, mindsets that just aren't from the Lord, I think there's a disconnection from being thankful to him. We can't really be grateful to somebody that we don't trust. And I think, I think Thanksgiving does the very thing that we need it to in moments of healing. It opens us up to then he can now come in. We're getting connected to the cross, and we're getting connected to who he really is and what he's actually like and what he's actually done for us. And so today, if, if you are, I really felt like this message was for this room. I, I very much so, I did want, this is my vulnerability again. I love vulnerability and transparency. This is my second time preaching, and I was nervous. I was nervous to preach, and I was like, Lord, I'm going to preach on something like joy or rest, like one of the basic things and, uh, that are very, very important. And, um, and he was like, no, you're going to preach on pain. And I was like, are you sure? Do I have to preach on that? And, um, and so I just want to create that space today. I really felt like this was for this room, and this was for the people in this room. And um, I really feel like there's freedom here today for a few people. And I don't want to take any more room from the Lord. I want him to be able to come in and move and bring freedom to the people that need it today. I think that there's some, some mindsets that God wants to address today, if we'll let him. And I think there's some thought patterns. And I think there's some things that he wants to come into and he wants to talk to you about today, if we'll let him. And so if you're, if you're in pain today and you're like, oh, man, that's actually, that's actually me. It's been a while. Maybe it's just been a while since you've cried. Maybe it's just been a while since you've actually felt what was going on in your heart. Today, I really want to make space for you. I really want to give room for you because I'm preaching this for you. I want us to lean in and choose connection today instead of rushing. And so I'm actually going to pray for us and just invite, uh, invite some of the worship crew back up. Uh, to sing over us and to pray. So, Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, for today, God. 
thank you, God, for your closeness, that you just want to be close, that you want to come close, Lord. Thank you that relationship with you is where we get free. Thank you that closeness is where we get free. Jesus, we just make space for you today. We make space for you. Whatever you want to do today, we just give you the room. We give you the room. I really feel like, um, I really feel like there's a few people right now that maybe there's a memory, memory coming to your mind of a moment that that some, some pain happened for you that you, you haven't wanted to address, that you haven't wanted to go into. And I just want to encourage you, don't run from that. We're just going to create time and let Jesus come into that moment for you. Let him come in. He understands pain more than we could ever give him credit for think about his moment before the night before he went to the cross and he was he was devastated even knowing what Jesus came to do it says he looked at he wanted his friends he wanted his three friends close to him that night and he asked them to stay awake and he and he leaves and he comes back and he said couldn't you just stay awake for me couldn't you just stay awake again comes back and they were asleep couldn't you stay awake for me and he was devastated can we picture human Jesus that actually understands mourning and grief and devastation he gets it and he wants to come into you maybe it's a memory where you deeply hurt somebody else and you need to forgive yourself you need to receive God's forgiveness over that memory that moment. Just let it